2017, the conference to turn your SaaS up to 11. That's right. The SaaS Revolution Show has a new look for 2017 and is now powered by SaaStock. In this brand new episode, Alex Thuma is joined by the CEO and co-founder of Docsend, Russ Heddleston, who guides us on the growth story of Docsend, a sales content management and document tracking SaaS startup based in San Francisco. Let's hear more from Russ. Thanks for having me on the show, Alex. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it, it's a pleasure. And um, so, you know, I, I always welcome or always always start the show, um, uh, you know, with getting to know you or you know, getting to know our guest uh, a little bit better. So, really, the first question is, um, you know, who is Ross Heddleston? Oh, it's a great broad question. I'm from South Dakota. Uh, before starting Docsend, I was uh, working at Facebook as a product manager. Um, and before that, I had a, a startup that they town acquired called Pursuit. But my background is as a software engineer. And now I, I pretty much work in sales as the CEO of Docsend, which I think is true for a lot of SaaS uh, CEOs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, you, you know, it, it's a good CV for, for a start. I think Facebook Dropbox, I think, was another one, or I think you interned there, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, I was at Harvard for Business School, and yeah. I interned at Dropbox for a summer in 2010, and there were there were 15 people there. Okay, okay. Any any regrets at not staying uh, at Dropbox, or uh, I guess I'm assuming not, because you're, uh, you're CEO of Docsend now, right? <laughs> I, I've done quite well uh, since then. Uh, after that, um, I had started pursuit and then that got picked up by Facebook and it, it's been a fun journey but I am back actually in the document sharing world so I, I left briefly and I'm back again to the general area of Dropbox. Okay, but you're you're absolutely right. You know, picking up on a point. I mean, a lot of um, a lot of the founders that I speak to, you know, they're, they're technical founders, they're software engineers that are now you know having to do the sales themselves, um, and um, you know, some struggle, some do really well, and uh, um, so it'd be interesting to hear about um, you know how you're uh, uh, you're getting on with this, uh, you know, for, for Docsend. So let, let, uh, you know, tell me a little bit more. Tell the audience more um, about Docsend. Uh, you know. What is it, and how did you come up with the idea for it? Yeah, there are a couple different chapters. So Docsend has been around for about uh, a, a little less than four years, and the initial idea for it was basically to get rid of attachments and just a link-based sending model for documents and other content. And we actually launched it at TechCrunch Disrupt. It was a free product. The idea was that it's going to take over the world, uh, and it actually did see really good growth. Um, that we didn't charge anyone anything for for over the first year. And then we realized that Docsend, that we looked at all of our users, and so there's a whole other you know, topic around how do you uh, iterate on your product, how do you find product market fit. Uh, we found that the audience that liked what Docsend does the most was actually sales and marketing teams. And so then we added in some features and changed our messaging, which is the most important thing, and have been going after sales and marketing teams as a uh, sales content management and tracking system, which is very similar technology, but very different way of positioning it. Okay, so the uh, so early on that identifying you know who your ideal sort of customer profile was. Um, sort of really helps and changing the messaging to that then that enabled this I guess kind of focus to help you sort of grow to to where you are today that's right yeah if you actually ask any any VC what is Docsend they'll be like oh I you know in the last couple of years have gone from just getting you know PDFs or Dropbox or Box links to just getting Docsend links it's just kind of taken over 
that that whole world. And that was kind of the the V1 of the product where we just kind of put it out there and see who wanted to use it. Um, and then you know V2, if you talk to um, you know the sales ops people at any of our our uh, larger customers, like they'll tell you a very different story about what Doxin does for them. Uh, and so like figuring out how to how to reposition Doxin and how to move it up market has been uh, the the journey for the past year and a half. So how did you like going back to, um, or you know sticking with the, the the real sort of early days? Um, I mean, you you mentioned at the beginning that you you had this startup sort of pursuit, which was acquired by Facebook. Did this enable you to you know fund the business to start with, or you know how did you get it off the ground right um, uh, financially? Yeah, there are a lot of pitfalls very early days for a startup. Um, for the for the first company, Pursuit, uh, I had two uh, co-founders who are good friends, and um, but I was in business school at the time and was actually pretty stressed about my personal finances, and it was also stressful just taking on debt for the company, um, and that that was that, that was a challenge. Uh, so you know, starting Docsend was in a very different position. And I had two co-founders, Dave and Tony. Uh, all of us put in a chunk of money that was not savings. It was just to run the business for a year. So, you know, I always say like $100,000 per co-founder. And that'll give you time and space to work on something without being stressed about um, exactly your, your specific timeline. Uh, so for us, we started off on Doc's end, um, and we said we had a year. We ended up raising our seed round at 1.7 million about six months in, mm-hmm. and and so then we were off and running from from there. Okay, um, so six months in, um, 1.6 million seed round raised, and uh, I think like in total now it's around about 9.7 million, something like that that you've raised. Uh, we took 1.7 million in the seed round. And then we took uh, 1.2 in million in venture debt, and then we did an 8 million Series A round. Okay, okay. And uh, and why did you why did you go down the the VC route? I mean, obviously, you, you as co-founders, you all put a hundred thousand uh, dollars into the business. Um, you know, six months down the line, you're like, okay, you know, uh, we're, we're taking in another 1.7 million. Did you always know that you wanted to go down the, the, the VC route? Um, you know, why was this decision made? Um, it is not something, well, there, there are a bunch of different ways to approach it. I think for, for what we're doing, um, it made the most sense to, to get the, the help and connections from people. Um, I'd already been through the fundraising process with Pursuit, and so I had a, a list of people in mind I wanted to go to. Um, if you, I always think if you're, if you're working on something that's worth winning, uh, the speed at which you move is pretty important. And venture capital money just allows you to move faster, um, especially in the early days. Um, it, it's incredibly helpful. So, um, yeah, no, no regrets on our side about, about taking that path. Okay, you answered my next question. I was going to ask you if you had any regrets, but no, no regrets. So uh, um, that, that, that's good to know. And um, so, so what about uh, you, you know your first sort of customers? So you actually mentioned that you, you know initially you were freemium. Right. So, uh, you know, how long or how did you go about, um, I I guess, as a as a freemium product, winning your first customers? And then the second part, I guess, to the question is, how did you first get, you know, how did you get your first paid customers? 
Yeah, sure. I'm um, happy to do that. And actually, to answer the other one about regrets with venture funding, I'll, I'll put in one there because uh, I imagine, like, I can't imagine someone saying they have regrets. So I, I want to, like, throw in something to that bucket. Um, one unfortunate timing was that when we raised our venture debt round, so venture debt is a whole other discussion, uh, but it, it can be used uh, very effectively um, depending on like how and when and what you're going to do with it. And so we raised that money, but then I think it was like a month later we raised our Series A round um, after taking it. So the, the timing there uh, was not ideal. Um, like we didn't actually need the venture debt round uh, of funding uh, given the A round, mm-hmm. uh, but you know that, that worked out just fine in the end. But but. I would have optimized by, by not doing the venture debt round um, in retrospect, but it, it worked out to be just fine. Um, on the other question around freemium first customers, how we thought about that, um, when we released the first version of Docsend, it was just free, and we turned it on, and we kind of had a bunch of different use cases in mind for where you could use Docsend, and we were curious to see where and how it would stick and who would use it. Uh, and that was really helpful to see across all of them. Um, about a year in, we decided that we were going to move it to a paid model to see like who really cared about it. Because another thing that's problematic is if you're giving something away for free, the people who are giving you feedback and being most vocal might not actually be the best market for you. Mm-hmm. And so when we were looking at the user base, we're like, well, we need we need to figure this mission critical. Uh, and so when we turned on on the the paywall, we actually had a couple of um, teams of, of companies that were in there, um, sales teams, and just going and interviewing them about how and why they use it. It it was interesting to see that there was a pretty huge difference between a sales and marketing team using our technology and what they were using it for versus the individual people. And so the the first. A few customers, uh, like uh, namely Greenhouse, a few other you know, SaaS teams, um, were really enlightening around what the value prop was and why they were willing to pay for it, and why they were willing to pay more for it than what we charge for you know the 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 self serve product that we have up on Docsend today. And it's, you, you mentioned a, a couple of those um, sort of early customers there, and they, you, you know, they're SaaS companies. Um, you know, is it? We see that a lot of SaaS companies sell to SaaS companies. You, you know, uh, and certainly in the early days, and sometimes. Well, you know, it could be looked at as a, a, a bit of a, a house of cards. But you know, if, you, if you're looking to to get your first um, sort of customers on board, and it's a kind of proven strategy in SaaS companies like SaaS products, there, you, you know, was that um, you know part of your kind of early strategies? Like, okay, you know, we're doing sales and marketing. Uh, that's our target, but we're going to specifically sell sales and marketing uh, teams within SaaS companies. Um, it, it wasn't, and I think part of our maturing as a company has been moving from uh, kind of self-serve uh, freemium product in, and then going up market. And part of going up market is being very thoughtful about the verticals that you target mm-hmm. and why. And so Namely Greenhouse were a couple of the, the early ones. They're actually both reference checks from VCs on us, <laughs> and they ended up liking it so much they used it a lot. Um and we do sell to SaaS, but it it's just one of the, the verticals. And actually, SaaS is, is too broad. So I, I love talking to you know security companies. Like cybersecurity companies are a great vertical for us. Uh, media sales teams, and then even within media sales teams, thinking about it as digital versus print, um, versus radio. It, they all have very different characteristics. 
Um, so I was just looking through some of our, our customer lists on our, our website. So like Transwestern commercial real estate company, um, Mike, uh, American public media, New York times, Forbes. Um, yeah, as I, as I run through these, they're across a number of different verticals. It's another thing that, uh, investors will look for. And just as a founder, you want to be aware of the, more diverse you can make your um, revenue base, the more stable you'll be as a business. Uh, it's also harder to get into non-SaaS companies because they might not be as good at buying software, but they end up being great customers and they really stick with you. Um, so, yeah, I think that limiting yourself to just SaaS is probably a mistake, especially if you have an outbound strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if you are targeting SaaS, it's not specific enough. And uh, the reference customers, the, the, the closer reference customer is to the, the prospect you're trying to go after, the more it's going to matter to them. So you need a bunch of different sub-verticals even within just SaaS. How, how long did it take you to get to uh, 1 million ARR um, you know, after you started to, you know, charging for the product? Um, and you know, can you, you know, provide some more insights around you, you know, your, your go-to-market strategy? Sure. And we basically have two businesses. So it's interesting to see, you know, how, how both of them have, have done uh, separately. The uh, When we turned on uh, revenue for the, the self-serve product, I actually don't remember how many months it took us to get to 1 million AR with, with that product, specifically because we basically break it out into two buckets. There is, um, you know, the self-serve one, and then there's the direct outbound one. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to the CEO of Zoom, and he had the exact same experience with, with their revenue where the self-serve customers have a very high churn rate. So entrepreneur uses Docsend for fundraising, and then they churn. And, you know, actually, they love the product. If you, you go have an MBS survey with them, they'll say, it's fantastic, love it, I just don't you know, need it right now. And so that's fine. And the same with Zoom, very high churn rate on those customers. But then the, the larger ones, that the larger teams that they focus on, very low churn rate. And so it's the same for us. And so a million of revenue, if it's got a high churn rate, is a super different bucket of revenue than a million in, in revenue where there's no churn. Mm-hmm. Um, so how leaky is the bucket? So we actually break the revenue out into two buckets. And I think it's totally fine that we have a, a high churn rate on uh, some of the self-serve stuff because people do go away very happy with the product. And then on the, the outbound side, um, sort of larger teams, uh, we've never lost a, a company with more than 10 salespeople. Uh, they just never churned. Um, so incredibly sticky there, uh, which is what's what's more important. Okay, uh, good stuff. And um, so we, we talked about, uh, obviously, you know, freemium to the, 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 the paid model uh, and now looking at sort of the paid model and the, the pricing strategy of that paid model, you know, how did you, um, when you decided that you're going to charge for the product, how did you choose the, you know, the pricing plans and, you know, the price points, you know, and how, how does that look, you know, um, now compared to when you first sort of started, you know, how many times have you changed the pricing, if at all? Uh, we have yeah changed the pricing a number of times. Um, the the stuff that's on our website we've uh, left alone, and uh, that that seems like kind of reasonable pricing for um, you know kind of given the, the large uh, landscape of uh, kind of other SaaS products out there. I mean what we do is very specific, but but still if you're looking at you know it's like ten bucks a user month for like a personal account for some service that tracks your your documents and content that seems reasonable um, the The pricing is a lot trickier if you're talking about uh, larger clients and the, 
it, the willingness to pay is a lot is a lot more. Certainly, uh, the problems that you're solving are a lot more specific to them, and and so it, it does get tricky in in how you charge, and how you charge people for it. And so, you know, we we often say like for for all of all of the stuff at Docsend, it's about a thousand dollars a user a year, and so we always quote in terms of per user per year because it's not a monthly thing. Like there's no there's no scenario in which as a larger company you sign up for Docs and just for a month or something. Mm-hmm. It's too big of a commitment. If you're moving 100, 200, 400 salespeople and all the marketers onto Docs and it it's going to be a one but usually multi year commitment. Um, do your homework, understand it, kick the tires, get buy in, and then roll it out and and look at the results. But it, it's a much longer time frame. Um, and and then because what we do is pretty specific, being able to charge thousand dollars a user a year, um, you know, for for these teams, it's totally worth it. Um, also, that price point, you really have to be able to prove that it's worth it. So things like quarterly business reviews, agreeing on metrics, like really calling out the buckets of ROI that they're going to see out of this, um, is is something you need to do. But it, but it's also really important to do anyway, even if we were charging a third as much. We would still want to go out and prove the value that we're bringing to those companies. It's going to make them much better reference clients, and it's actually going to make them much happier customers overall. So I've really switched to being a believer in charging more and delivering more because people only have so much mental space to devote to the systems that help them do their jobs better, and you got to make that cut. How did you come up with a number of one thousand? Though uh, was there you know any science behind it? Was it okay? We we think this this is the number that that kind of makes sense or sounds good. Or you looked at your competitors and they were charging something similar. Um, no, it's a it's a lot more expensive than um, competitors. Um, we we just kind of kept upping it and, and testing that out, um, and it, it's something that. That, that varies. Um, the one of the ways that we look at it is in terms of how much value do we bring to them, and how much how, how much incremental value can one of our customers expect to get using Docsend, and then how do we split that value between us and them? And a uh, thousand is a number where if you're um, you're building out a larger team, uh, it, it's easy to do the math. It's easy to look at like how much money you need to make back. You go talk to marketing. Um, marketing throws in some budget as well. There's also the question of like, do we charge based on volume or do we charge based on number of users? And marketing products are typically based on volume, and sales products are typically based on seats. But we do both, and so a uh, thousand is a little bit higher on a per seat basis. But it also enca- encapsulates some of the marketing spend as well that they would put into the product, and it keeps our pricing pretty simple. Okay, and um, there you go. Okay. Oh, another component is just what we do screen sharing. Um, and so a lot of the screen sharing conference lines, and so a lot of the companies that we talk to are using WebEx and, um, or some similar product, and they're already paying $600 a user a year for that. So when you look at the vendor consolidation that can happen, then it starts, the math starts to be pretty easy. Okay. Uh, very good. And actually I, I didn't know that, um, uh, you did the, the screen sharing, uh, feature. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll certainly check that out. 
um, uh, and you know things. Um, you know, from you know, we, we've spoken before, and you know, of course, it's. I guess my, my job to kind of you know keep my, my finger on the pulse about what, what's happening in in, in SAS. Um, so you know things um, you, you know certainly seem to be going well. Um, you know for for Docsend, but you know every every company has its um, has its challenges as you you know as, as you grow as you scale uh, or don't grow. Um, but you you know as a uh, as a growing um, you know company, what are the biggest challenges that you're facing uh, to, today that you're happy to share? Oh man, yeah. I think any company that tells you they got everything figured out is is uh, <laughs> probably probably aren't stressed enough about about their work. Um, but if I look across the company in the, the different areas, uh, there there are different challenges for different parts. Um, when you look at our our product, for instance, it's really hard. We get all this feedback from our customers and understanding what order do we build things in and how do we roll these things out and what metrics do we think that these product improvements should improve. That's been something we've worked on a lot in the past six to 12 months. So figuring out which customers have needs that we really need to pay attention to and then working with them to launch those things. So it's been paying attention to a lot fewer people and paying more attention to them. Um, and so for any, any SaaS company, every, every bet you make on the product side is huge. You just don't get to make that many bets. Um, so that's that's going to be something I'm really excited for this year. Uh, the team hierarchy we're building out is, is something that's really needed as you get into the larger sales teams. Um, we're also building uh, Docs and Spaces product that's coming out in the, the near future. It's essentially like a sales deal room. That's our number one requested feature. Mm-hmm. That should be pretty fun. Um, on the sales side, the sales team of six. I will be growing that a lot this year. Um, a lot of the challenges there are around, I, I bucket them into two, two groups, just top of funnel stuff. So how do you get initial conversations going? And then bottom of funnel stuff, you know, how do you get these companies closed and, and all the execution detail that goes into that? Uh, and then obviously there's the customer success side afterwards and the follow-up on uh, making sure that everyone's happy. Um, the thing that's made a big difference for us at the top of the funnel has been segmenting the whole world by vertical and, and having an account-based sales strategy. And so uh, executing on that uh, this year will be a big challenge, specifically for me, getting ahead of each vertical. So when you look at um, hardware companies, the messaging that Doxa needs for a hardware company is really different than the messaging docs and needs for a cybersecurity company. Mm-hmm. And the getting out ahead of those things, understanding the differences in the business models, understanding just the language differences that they have, um, is really helpful in forming the sales team on call scripts and on uh, value proposition to push forward. Um, so I, that, that for me is going to be a ton of my time this year. Um, the, the cost of having the wrong messaging when you go into a vertical is very high. And it, it's something you don't notice until you're just like, oh, our connect numbers just aren't as good. Like the number of discovery calls we're having per number of accounts has just gone down. Um, so yeah, getting ahead of it is, is going to be it's going to be very important. Yeah. And then I think for everyone, just scaling your team, adding employees to the team, onboarding them, keeping them happy. Is um, you know, so you mentioned uh, you know segmenting um, you know the the verticals at the, the top of the funnel and the messaging. To those specific verticals, you know, is that, you know, one of the things um, that has really helped sort of move the needle for the business, or is there, 
is there something else, um, you know, over and above that, that that's kind of really sort of, you know, uh, uh, help move the needle for Docsend? Um, sorry, could you repeat that one more time? Yeah, yeah. So, just is there one thing that's uh, that you've implemented that's really moved the needle for the business? Um, so, you know, was it is, was it the messaging and you know having at the top of the funnel, you know, this segmented messaging for the different verticals? Um, you know, or is there something else that's kind of really helped you uh, move the needle? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, definitely messaging. Messaging is the most important thing. Um, one of the ways that I figured this out was we would, you know, uh, in the early days, try to go sell docs into companies and, uh, you know, sometimes they would buy it be like, awesome. And then we'd go back and interview them and ask them why they bought it. And oftentimes, um, it just the answers were totally different. So I remember for like a, a media sales team, uh, we were trying out the messaging around, uh, you know, improve your time to close and, then afterwards, we, we went back and you know asked them why they decided to buy. And the guy running sales was like, yeah, you kept harping on this issue of in, like incre- decreasing the time to close. And he's like, I don't know why you were saying that because we have an RFP process and there's literally no way you could make that move faster. So I didn't, I didn't get why you kept saying that. He's like, but I really like these other things about Docsend. <laughs> and so we were like, oh, wow, that's really important. And so then, you know, the next companies we went to, we used that messaging, those those value prop points, and that made all the difference, especially at the top of the funnel, getting people to to pay attention to you and, and to take the meeting and then to, to dig deeper. Okay, so messaging, the uh, the, the, the key thing there, and, uh, you know, I think you, you did mention it, you know, at the beginning of the uh, – uh, of, of the show, uh, and um, yeah, you know, so it's it, it, it's good to see the uh, the importance of this and getting that right. Um, uh, and so let's go move into the final sort of two questions here as we we, we, we come to the end of the uh, uh, of the show. So you know, first of all, uh, I mean, tell us uh, if you can a little bit more about your goals for for Doc's End for for, for twenty seventeen. Yeah, uh, the goals are well, broken up by department as as a company overall. Um, it's really just executing on our direction as a sales content management and tracking system. That is the goal for the year. There are other verticals and products that we can move into in the future, but that's the narrow focus. Um, so on the product side, there are a number of things that we've committed to, um, just features and value props we need to build out for the year. We've identified those. And then on the sales side, we need to just build out the sales team. Um, and so it's, it's really just a challenge of, of executing across all of these areas. And um, this is definitely the most, the most planned we've ever been as a company and the most specific we've been on where we're spending our time and what numbers we need to see back from it. Okay, great stuff. And uh, and finally, I mean, um, you know, you're you're coming over to to Dublin, uh, coming over to Europe and Dublin in September, and speaking at SaaS Doc 2017. Um, so excited about that. Um, you know, what can we expect to hear and learn from you uh, at that conference? Uh, I'm excited to be there, Alex. Uh, thanks for having me. There are. I like the idea, especially from last year uh, at SaaS Talk, around offering specific stories and value. Um, so whatever the final topic ends up being, it'll be uh, a lot of really good content that people can take away and apply to their own businesses. Um, so certainly any topic around sales and marketing alignment, um, we have learned a lot of docs and 
Also, we have learned a lot from our own customers and getting advice from them. Uh, so probably some combination of our own lessons and lessons from our customers around uh, scaling up uh, your business. Uh, that's probably going to be the area that we have the most to offer. Okay, well, I'm uh, excited about that, and um, you know, glad that uh, uh, you're, you're making the journey. If uh, it's only uh, 11 hours uh, over from San Francisco, so not not that long at all. Um, and um, yeah, you, you know, so we can't wait till uh, September. And uh, you know, on that on that note, Russ, I just want to you know thank you for being a great guest on the on the show today. Some really great insights, and you know, looking forward to uh, you know seeing more uh, success for for, for Docsend over the coming years. Awesome, Alex. Thanks. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, you're welcome. And